following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Pastor Ken, please take two steps to the front. The Lord Jesus Christ shows me, my dear pastor, because you have been humble and willing to open your heart to the mysteries of heaven, to the secrets of God. God has chosen you and God has chosen this church to make his glory known in a greater dimension. If you be willing, O man of God, if you be willing and can be willing, God desires to establish a base camp in this region to affect the pulling down of the enemy's strongholds and to send forth God's earthly army land force all throughout this land I see the army of God just like soldiers who the land force soldiers will go into every nook and corner of a land or to occupy territory angels of God armed like soldiers warring angels are going in every nook and corner to recapture enemy territory if you be willing my servant to establish a house of prayer a house of worship that will create an atmosphere for my glory to abide in your midst Surely, I will visit you and your people in a new way. And if you be willing, O man of God, angels of God will come in and go out in your midst. For there is something that you are doing that pleases the heart of God very much. In that, that you care for the poor. But I see the whole state of Alabama, the whole state of Alabama seem to be carved out and marked out, reserved unto God. If you be willing, my dear pastor, and establish the presence of God here, you will see the glory of God in a new dimension. I see the Lord Jesus Christ standing in our midst right now. And Pastor Kent, the Lord Jesus Christ appears before you. And his right hand he places upon your head. And with his other hand, he's putting a bunch of keys in your hand. He has been given keys to open the doors of God. <laughs> 
to open the portals for the glory of God to come in your midst as these golden keys are placed in your hands your hands been strengthened to do this work of the Lord for you shall be given a mouth to speak a mouth to preach that you have not known before and your legs will be strengthened to go to new places to announce the good news of God and to pull down the strongholds of the enemy and to establish beach heads for the glory of God to open territories to open the strongholds of the enemy in the nations for the glory of God to rush in so I know that many of you have seen that prophecy before but I wanted to show it to you again because it's so pertinent to where we are as a church if you recognize in the very beginning he said God has chosen me and this church so touch your neighbor say we're all in this thing together <laughs> God has chosen me, God has chosen this church to make His glory known. And so we said it last week, we talked about we're not a normal, traditional church. Somebody said, thank God. And uh, you are not normal people, and uh, neither am I. So they were a good team, we're a good tribe. But we are in a significant season I begin to look at this number 10 I talked about last week, 1010, the clock, the mantle that we received in this clock, this, the time was 1010. 10 is a number of order, alignment. I, I heard this this week, you got to be in alignment with your assignment. Touch your neighbor, tell them I'm going to be touching you a lot the next few moments. And the main thing I want you to know is you got to be in alignment with your assignment. And God has an assignment. This is, I'm very, very serious. God has an assignment for us. Our assignment's not to build a good church. Amen. Our assignment's not just to bless people. Our assignment is to bring the glory of God to a territory. And to allow the kingdom of God to come into a territory and bring a supernatural shift in the atmosphere. That word 10, just to make sure you understand where we're at, we're speaking of alignment and assignment, it's, it's order. It speaks of divine order. That's why there's ten commandments. David was ten from Judah. Noah was ten from Adam. Abraham was ten from Noah. Every time you see a ten shift, something changes. Every time a generation, ten, a decade. We slipped, when we slipped into 2020, it's a new decade. 5780, Hebraic calendar, new decade. Something shifted, something changed when we slipped into a new era or a new decade. And what happened when we made this shift in history, we have shifted into a kingdom age versus a church age. I don't have time this morning to give you all the details on this. I'll hopefully get to teach on it a little bit as we proceed and move forward. But basically the general concept is, as we know the Western church, as most of us have been a part of, the Western church is focused on salvation. And we understand that and we appreciate salvation. Touch somebody else say, I'm glad to be saved. 
We appreciate salvation, but in the kingdom of God, it's not just salvation, it's Jesus is Lord. It's not just salvation, it's lordship. So what does that mean? That means I'm not just saved from my sin, I'm not just saved from something, I'm actually saved for something. And so we have a purpose, and we have a calling, and we have a destiny. And so this video is so important because this, this prophecy is one of the key prophecies over our church because all that God's going, doing now and going to do is tied directly to this one concept. If you will create an atmosphere, if you will create a place for my presence to dwell, if you will be a house of worship and a house of prayer, then I will visit you in a new way. And the temple in heaven, the door will be open. And as you open the temple on earth, the glory from the temple in heaven will fill this temple on earth. And you will see my manifested glory. This is the promise to this. Because why I see the whole state of Alabama carved out, marked out. Bev and I, we were traveling back last night from uh, 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 Chilton County, and Bev was talking about a vision she had years ago. It looked like a, a line of rust surrounding the state of Alabama. She, in, she was in prayer, and it looked like a rusty trail outlined the whole state of Alabama. And all of a sudden, worship, and all of a sudden, prayer started going out of the, out of the state of Alabama. And when it did, this rusted line came alive and began to flood the rivers and channels in the state of Alabama. And it was actually not a rusty line. It was the blood of Jesus that was activated and began to flow through the state of Alabama, bringing restoration and justice and healing and redemption to a whole state. So I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning. I really appreciate you coming out to be a part of this and those that are watching online, that as we've stepped in this new kingdom era to fulfill this mandate to be a house of worship, you and I have to understand our individual responsibilities according to the scripture. In Exodus 19.6, God told Moses, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. Somebody shout kingdom. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation consecrated, set apart to the worship of God. In the church mentality, there's only one priest. But in the kingdom mentality, everybody's a priest. So you and I then have a priestly anointing and a priestly calling and a priestly responsibility. I got to thinking about it this week. You know, in all honesty, if, we hadn't, if, we're, if we're not shifting into a kingdom era, there's really not a reason you should come to church very often. I mean, most of you have heard more sermons than, than you can count. Most, most of you could probably preach better than me. Seriously. Because you, you've heard... Me, you, you have a phone that gives you access to spiritual information 
24-7. You don't have to get out. You don't have to get out and drive your car to get here. You can just turn online and you watch people live. You, 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 you can get fed. You, you can feed your spiritual life. You can watch somebody preach in Hong Kong right there in your be- bedroom in, in Etowah County. So, so there's no real purpose in our culture to gather under a church mentality. Because the church mentality is I come to church to get fed. To hear a message, to be encouraged, and to gather together with fellow believers. But you can do that anywhere. And I'm not trying to keep you from going to church. Like some of them, well, let's just go then. Let's go, go to the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> My point is there is no reason under the church age. That's why if you study uh, statistics, church attendance in the general church age we know is, is, is on a deep decline. Why? The purpose is leaving. The purpose of church as we've known it is there's a shift, there's a change that's happening. But if you understand who you are and what your priestly responsibility is, you don't come to church to hear a message. It doesn't matter that we have one. It's a good idea and they're a blessing. But that's not the reason you come. You come to church because you realize the importance of your priestly anointing. That when you step into this house, you're not just a believer being fed. You're a priest of the Most High God called to offer up the sacrifice of worship. And when you do, something shifts in the heavenly realm. Now, if that's true... It should be hard to stay home. Because I'm not coming just to hear a teaching or just to be fed. I'm, that's not my main purpose. I'm coming to fulfill my priestly responsibility because I'm not coming to church to be ministered to. I'm coming to minister to him. Touch your neighbor and say, let's make the shift. Come on, tell them, let's make the shift. That's not an Old Testament concept. It's New Testament. Look at, look at 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5. Coming unto him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. You see, this building, when you're not here, is not God's house. I love this building. I think it's fantastic. I love the architecture. I love that God built it. I love that God's paying for it. I love that, God, I love that God's providing for us. I love it that it's comfortable. I love it that it's climate controlled. I love it that we got plenty of room. I love it that we get together here and we get to worship God. But I'm here when you're not. And when you're not here, this ain't the house of God. The only thing that makes this building a house of God is when you show up and the spiritual people come into this building, now we become the house of God. Because you each are a stone, a living stone in a spiritual house. And when you're not here, we're not complete. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying... You know, being legalistic, you got to come to church every Sunday. That's not what this message is about. I need you to understand the importance of your calling. 
and the significance of who you are as a priest. It says we're a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What a lot of people don't realize is we just did worship. Some of you fully engaged. Some of you were not engaged at all. Some of you were entertained. That's okay. Some of you were blessed. A lot of things happen because we're all at different levels in our walk. But the ultimate purpose of this is not for any of those things to transpire. The ultimate purpose of this is for them to lead us. Not them, but they lead us in offering spiritual sacrifices up unto the heavens unto God. Because when that happens, something is legislated in the heavens. We've got to get ready. I said, we've got to get ready. The days are coming when it's not just going to be cool to worship. The days are coming, it's going to be necessary to understand what it means to corporately come together and offer a spiritual, a spiritual sacrifice unto God to see the heavens shift so God can move and deal with something. See, I don't know if you heard this on the news, but they're flying in coronavirus victims. The debate's up the next few days to Anniston, Alabama. I'm preaching Chilton County last night. Everybody's phone's blowing up over the coronavirus victims being flown into Anniston, Alabama. Now, I told you I'm not normal. So a lot of people, and it doesn't matter to me which side you're of this on it, I got excited. I did. As soon as I heard about it, I was like, oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Say, so why would you say that? Because I feel like God showed me that we have created such a spiritual environment in our territory. In our territory, that it's a safe place for them to get here and for God to move in their life and to break that thing off of them. I understand the public concern and I understand the officials saying we're not ready. They ain't been here in the services. They don't know that for a decade we've been offering up spiritual sacrifices unto God. We've been shifting the heavens and moving some things around so that Anniston, Alabama could be a place where God can break through, break in, and break out of something. Touch your neighbor and say, I ain't scared. John G. Lake lived in the midst of the bubonic plague. And they couldn't even bury people. Because if it touched you, you'd die. He volunteered his church to bury the dead. They said, you can't do that, Dr. Lake, you'll die. He said, no. The spirit of the life of Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He said, if that bubonic plague touches me, I don't die, it dies. And they took him to a laboratory and put the plague on a uh, Petri dish under a, uh, that's it. And, help me preach. 
and showed the virus living, they put it on his hand under the microscope, and as soon as it touched his hand, it died. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to go grab a hold of the coronavirus at this point of your journey. But I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm telling you, you better get ready. I'm telling you, you better get, get, get involved in a place that knows how to create an atmosphere so that God's glory can get around us. And when these things come, the priest of old took the fire from the altar and stood between the dead and the living and stopped the plague. I speak, I dare to speak to the coronavirus. And I tell you, to die and to quit existing in the name of Jesus. priesthood worshiped and interceded see sometimes you come to church everything's great in your life don't you love those seasons you're out of the crapper for a little while and it's easy to praise God then and it's those moments that it's really not about us thank God but you know it should be continually not about us because what, what this priesthood's about is when we're worshiping God and we're, and we're doing what we just did a few moments ago that we'll do a little bit more of before we leave. It's not just about us. Amen. You don't know today whose lives are being spared and who destruction's being moved away from and what angels are being released when you do this radical thing called praise and worship, this whole territory, if you could see in the spirit realm, when this sound goes up and out of this building on Sunday morning, it goes out to this region and begins to shift and move and affect and open doors that no man can close and shut doors that no man can open. And it begins to permeate the atmosphere and it gets heaven's attention. And all of a sudden, the eyes of the Lord are looking throughout the whole earth, just looking for somebody whose hearts are right toward him. Now God begins to move in that environment. He inhabits the praises of his people. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Who have not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. I've, re I've restudied it. Every time the glory came, they were singing the same song. Every time. Every time the glory fell, they were singing the same song. You know what it was? The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. You say, why do you worship God so radically? Because God has been good to me. And God's mercy has met me in my life every time that I couldn't get there on my own. Somehow the mercy of God stepped in and helped me get to where I was supposed to be. So every time I thank God for his goodness, I thank God for his mercy, his glory begins to manifest. Revelations 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, washed us from our sins by his own blood, and made us kings and 
priests. To his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forevermore. Amen. We've got to step in to our priestly anointings and our calling. That's why, if you'll notice, the worship team, we didn't start the service like, good morning. I told them in the days ahead here at We're Live, I want people just to walk into a wall of worship. So we're going to start worshiping about 10 till, quarter till. You want to get here then or come at 10, that's up to your schedule. But we're not going to say we're opening the service because we don't want to open the service. We're just going to worship our way into the presence of God and get ready for what God wants to do, do that day. See, most Western churches that don't have a kingdom mentality, the music's just getting ready for the preaching. That's why most people in the Western church don't get there at about quarter after. Because they let them get time to get that out of the way. So I can get fed. Come on now, let's just get, let's get right where it's at. So what pastors do, because they want people to keep coming, they keep trying to come up with zazzling, zizzling series. And if I can keep zizzling, zazzling series going, I keep people attracted. That's death to me. Because I'm going to tell you what, ain't one series I ever heard changed my life. There ain't one message I ever heard that changed my life. The only thing that's ever changed my life, it may have happened in a message, it may have happened in a worship, but the only thing that ever changed me was when I encountered the presence of God. That's the only thing that changes people and changes me. That's why he said if we would establish this place... As a house of worship, a house of prayer, and create an atmosphere. The prophecies are that we will be worshiping and drug addicts will walk in. And the next thing you know, they fall out. And the whole service, they're out. And all of a sudden, they get up and they're free. And somehow, they're in God. Wouldn't you love to have one-hour recovery programs? Not one year. One hour. You come in, God zaps you, doses you, and you get up. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, somebody. We, I don't want to, I'd, I'd like to get the place we're not trying to study to get something to say. It's just we get to worshiping, me and Dan fall out together. <laughs> a few minutes later, we get up, and I said, Dan says, the Lord gave me this scripture. I said, he gave me the same one. We get up and tell you what God said. <laughs> Drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> See, I want this. Now, what we're going to have to do, though, it might get a little messy for a while. Are y'all Okay. No, I mean, because I do like order, because the Bible is a Bible—it's a Bible of order, God of order. But I think we may have gotten too orderly. Just to be honest, and we may have stifled you a bit. For that, I repent. I don't want to get out of order, but I don't want to stifle you either. And because some of you I know probably feel like you should be having a a further expression of worship other than 
See, and I'll take responsibility for now for that. But this ain't worship. It's not, that's not conservative. That's not willing. This is not willing. It didn't say I feel like lifting my hands. Now, I don't know if you ever watched me worship. I stand right over here. This is where I worship. When I come in, I, I'm in the dark normally when I do come in. Then I come into the light. But when I get in the light, I'm here. You watch me. This way I worship. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? That's, that's worship. This ain't worship. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the... I mean, it's wor- maybe worship somewhere. Ain't worship here. Your body's got to move. If you're offering up. Can't you feel that God is moving? Swing wide, you leave gates. Prepare the way for the living Lord. If that offends you, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And by the way, I just don't do this on Sunday. I do this riding down the road. I was riding home from Covenant County last night with Ben and Felicia and John. We were getting it. Look what the Lord has done. Look what, who's seen a road has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Whoa. Somebody praise him. Look what the Lord has done. If you be willing. How many times did he say it? If you be willing. Over and over. If you be willing. If you can be willing. And create an atmosphere. My glory will rush in. If you're willing. 
and can be willing. Why is praise a sacrifice? I've heard lots of teachers. They say because when you're going through difficult times and you praise God anyway, that's probably right. For me, it's humility. It's humility. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. You're going to have to let that go out the door. There again, I'm not talking about getting crazy. Don't get, you know, I'm not talking about any eyes getting put out with flags. I want to wave them, but we'll be, we're going to be cautious. I mean, I've had some near-death experiences with some flag wavers in the worship service. I'm like, whoa. I understand it gets, but I think we've got to step on into that a little bit. At least maybe, just some maybe get out of your seat, come stand down front, and especially some young people, or I've seen churches where they get out and come stand down front and kind of wave at the worship team and. Fan them a little bit and worship the Lord and maybe walk around the building a little bit instead of just, we run, we don't mind running. I mean, you know, I can't do as many laps as I used to, but I mean, I don't, I run, a run or two don't hurt nobody's feelings around here, you know. Now, we're not trying to conjure it up either because I've been in those meetings and they're ugly. You know, that's, and you, you know when it's not God, it feels like it makes you want to get up under, oh, Lord. Like, oh, P U. But when it's God, it's like, wow, powerful. Somebody runs in God, you just start crying, right? Because it's, it's powerful. So I'm just wanting to free you up as a congregation for us to have our full expression of God's presence, of God's power. Don't you thank God for our new friend, Eddie, our Hispanic worship leader here that him and his wife drive all the way from Wetumpka just to come worship. And and can we thank God for our worship team that come every week and get and practice for hours? Can we thank God? They work, they, they practice for hours just to be here for us to give them this. Come on now. But in the future, it's not going to be just cool to do this. It's going to be a necess- necessity. See, I don't know about you. I already am in a place of that necessity. I, if, I don't, if I don't get my praise on, I don't make it till about Tuesday. Because I'm giving out all the time. And if I don't get my praise on here, and if I don't get filled up and juiced up with, with you in this worship, by Tuesday I'm out of gas. But when I get in this atmosphere and I start praising and worshiping God and the Holy Spirit starts filling me up, I can come in here dog tired and I can leave on top of the world because the greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? Praise and worship is our great exchange. That's where we lay down the heaviness of the week and pick up the glory for the next week. Praise and worship is where we get our focus off ourselves and get everything back on God. Praise is where we go to a deeper place of humility. Praise and worship is when we cause the enemy to flee. Praise and worship gives us no room for complaining or negativity. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness so that his mercy is new and your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord. If your spiritual eyes could get open to see what kind of ministry you have. See, as priests, we're called to minister to the Lord. So when I do my worship stuff, I'm not doing it to you. I'm doing it to the Lord. And me and the Lord's got our own thing going on. The Lord's okay with me in this. Because it's coming out of here. I ain't the best at this. But I want to do something. If you could see what happens to the Lord... See, we don't ever consider that we're actually ministering to the Lord. So when we gather on Sunday morning and this worship kicks off, we're actually ministering to him. If you ever saw what it did for him. See, we don't understand this about the Lord. I've seen it. I've seen him, and I've seen what it does to him. I was worshiping the Lord all by myself one day, getting it. Just getting it all alone. Bev will tell you, I get loud when I'm alone. Tell them, Bev. I get it loud. What was that when I was singing this morning loud? I got loud with this morning. What was that when, Jay, I called you about it? Psalm 63, I was singing to the Lord this morning. How's it go get started? Yeah. My heart will ever sing the praises of my King. Oh, I praise you, Lord. So I'm all alone this morning. I start out this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My heart will ever sing. Praises to my King. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My heart will ever sing praises to my King. I praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. That's what goes on in my house. You say, why do you do that? Because I don't like cancer. I don't like diabetes. I don't like depression. I don't like things getting in my mind. I don't like my kids being messed with. I don't like my wife being messed with. I don't like my marriage being messed with. I don't like you being messed with. I don't like my church being messed with. So I get up and I put on my praise and I shake off my heaviness and I do some spiritual work.
touch your neighbor and say, you better have, you're gonna have to make some room for me. I prophesy there's a roar of the Lord about to come out of this house. So I was doing that with the Lord a few years back. All of a sudden, I went into an open vision, open vision. And I saw the Lord sitting on his throne watching me. And all of a sudden, he just went. I mean, he was powerful. He just got up, shook his head. He's walking through heaven. Somebody said, what happened to you? He goes, I just got blessed. He said, what do you mean? He said, Kent's worshiping me. Kent's worshiping me. I just got blessed. He looked at me. He said, thank you. You anointed me. I said, what do you mean? I said, you anoint me. He said, don't you remember the woman with the alabaster box? He said, when you pour your heart out on me, like it's just like that woman with the alabaster box that just poured her love out on the Lord. See, if I can get us to this place, if the Lord can use me to get us to this place, I'll put it better, to create an atmosphere where we get our eyes off ourselves and off our problems and off our weaknesses and off our inabilities and insecurities and get our eyes on Him. Can you imagine what can happen when a thousand warriors show up here on Sunday morning and you're not waiting... You're not waiting on these guys. But we are, we are moving together with the Lord. Most of our issues would be resolved. And so we've got to make this shift from a church mentality to a kingdom mentality. I mean, just think about it. In a church mentality, most of this book don't even matter. What in the world does 12 tribes have to do with the Western church? Nothing. What does it have to do with the kingdom? Everything. Why? The order. Judah goes first. We understand Judah goes first. If we want to align with God in this new season, we got to get our worship right first. Then once our worship gets right, this stone gets right. Once that gets right, then the business gets right. Once the business gets right, economy gets right. Once that gets all according to the order of God. Amen. And so we've got to begin to read this as a kingdom. Ten kingdom parables in Matthew, the number ten. Begin to read about the kingdom. Understand we're a kingdom of priests called to show forth the praises of him who delivered us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Acts 16 says, Paul and Silas were in jail at midnight. Started praising God. Remember? At midnight, praising God. Next thing you know, it says the earth shook. Every door was open and everybody's chains fell off. The power of prayer, praise, worship. Wasn't the first time it happened. Acts chapter 4 or 5, I believe it was, says they got to pray it again, they got to worship it again. It said the whole earth shook again. This, 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 this powerful priesthood will move the earth. 
we will not fulfill our mandate in Alabama without this. If you could see it in the spirit in this season, every time we're up here, every time we're engaging, we're moving spiritual things off the state of Alabama and moving things into the state of Alabama. That's the job of the priesthood. Back to this coronavirus thing that we hit in the beginning. Whether they come here or not, it's up to our elected officials. But don't be afraid. But I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. So don't think we're just going to be sitting by, idly by. This world's going to get wild. It says everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that we can receive a kingdom that will not be shaken. Psalm 91 is going to be our, our, our prayer. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me nor my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Because I have made the Lord, which is my strong tower, my refuge, and my habitation with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Right? God's doing something very significant, very special. We don't need to miss it. We got to fully engage in what God's doing in this season. And, and Chuck prophesied, he said, we're entering a realm we don't know much about. I don't know exactly what it means to create a house of worship and prayer. I've prayed about it, studied somewhat, you know, but there's so many different concepts or ideas. All I know to do is what I know to do. That is tell you what I feel like the Lord's saying. Us, individually, Lord, how do you want me to worship? And I'm not saying everybody's got to be, I'm pretty wild. Let's give, that's a given. And I know everybody doesn't have to be that. But you know, you... I mean, just, you know, that's, that's pretty, even conservative ones can give me, right? Did you hear the mountains tremble? Did you, I mean, even the most conservative can give you one of them, right? Just a, everybody's got their own expression, but it's important. I promise you, if you know what happened to the de- demons, when I do what I just do in front of you, they hate that. You know why they hate it? Because it's what Lucifer gave away. That was his job. He got to do all the ministry to the Lord. And he gave it all away. So when we do it, he cannot stand it. We put the high, high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand and we start changing the spiritual atmosphere over ourselves, over our neighbors, our friends, each other, those behind us, those in front of us. And we start creating an atmosphere for God to let his glory come in. Make sure you hear, hear what I said. Not going to strive. Not saying that. Not conjure things up. Not at all. Not striving in it. We just want to be free in it. In order. Holy Spirit's always a man of order, a gentleman. He's a, he's a God of order. But I don't want to keep you, I don't want me to be your stumbling block. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. I don't want to 
keep limit you in how you would like to worship God in this season. And let's be okay if it just gets a little like, ooh. I remember the first time I took Bev when, before we just got saved, and I went to a Pentecostal church, and you, and this was a, I mean, if it ever broke through there, it was on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like it would blow up. And I'll never forget, I took Bevan to the first service. I said, Lord, please let it be one of those calm, you know, just a, some nice music and a couple points of a message. And let's ease my family into this. Next thing you know, they hit one of those Holy Ghost songs. Old timer on the front And then the next thing you know, buns started coming down. Bobby pins started flying. People were off and running. i never forget, Bev said, told Josh. Josh was like eight, nine years old. She grabbed his hand and said, honey, we'll get out of here. Just stay right here close to mom. We'll, we'll get out. We'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. But I'm going to tell you what. There was a power in it. Flesh is in everything. But the true ones that were, were, that were moved by the Holy Ghost, it released them. would be released when they would move with God with their physical bodies they would move with God he would like power would be released that's what God wants to do in our lives in this season this has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.